Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Innovators Anonymous podcast. I'll be your guide today, Colin Waitsman. And today we have a first for the podcast with Morgan Hackworth joining us. He's actually a professional soccer player for the San Diego Loyal. Uh, We're super excited to have him and a former high school classmate and friend. So Morgan, uh, great to have you on the podcast, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So uh, I know that your house is really known as a soccer household, I guess, with uh, your brothers and your, your your dad, obviously. I mean, what was it like growing up with, with soccer just being all around? Yeah, um, so, you know, my dad's been a coach my entire life. Um, I remember just from earliest memories having like a soccer ball around the house and just running around constantly, you know, kicking against the wall. Uh, kicking it at my brothers um so I was just always around um soccer um and then like being able to go with my dad to work and him obviously being a soccer coach then I was just surrounded by the game even more um so you know growing up in a soccer household was pretty awesome um and definitely kind of just like grew me into where I am today which is being a professional soccer player and getting to do what I love like each and every day yeah, how how is it that you kind of found out that you were you were doing pretty well at the sport? I mean, obviously, uh, everyone loves you know whether it's football, basketball, uh, soccer, whatever. Uh, and how did you find out like, oh yeah, I'm actually pretty good at this, and I want to continue doing it? Yeah, for, I mean, it was just always something that I loved um, more than anything. So like as a kid, I think, and like thinking about like playing for Nether United um, in Swarthmore and Wallingford. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you know, you never really like thought like, oh, I'm like really good. Like I'm going to pursue this. It was just like, this is what I want to do every day. So I'm just going to keep working at it. Um, but, you know, then in high school, it became, becomes more realistic, um, like deciding not to play high school soccer and choosing to play for like an MLS Academy um, and then being like a club captain on that team. Um, and then, you know, you just keep progressing. And that's when you start to realize like where your level's at especially by like the people that want you to play for them. Um, You know, when you're getting D1 offers and, you know, talks past that, then you start to realize, oh, this is something that, you know, I should move forward with and keep trying to do each and every day. Yeah, because I specifically remember uh, that, you know, we we were well, we were on the track team in middle school. You're you're really good at distance. I know that the coaches always wanted you to do that in high school. But uh, I, I remember that, yeah, you didn't play on our high school team. And that was just something it, it was strange to me. It was like my first experience yep. at seeing, you know, kids not playing high school sports. I mean, what was the the reasoning between, you know, going to play for that academy team instead of, you know, the high school uh, team? Yeah, it's so weird how soccer's evolved um, into the sport it is because uh, when you think of like top athletes, you think your top athlete or high school is on like the football team and um, the basketball team and the soccer team. You know, that it was that way for so many years because um, all there was was, you know, the high school football team and the high school basketball team. But with soccer, you know, you've got club teams and now you've got academy teams and MLS academy teams you've got so much um, competition outside of just the high school team, um, you know, that you kind of like, because all the best players went and played for these academy teams, it was something that you had to go and play for mm-hmm. if you wanted to keep progressing. Uh, and, you know, like there are um, some great players that come out of just playing high school soccer. Um, so don't get me wrong, but 
you know, if you have that opportunity to go and play for an MLS Academy team, you know, you, you kind of have to go and take that route. So, yeah, so that was weird because growing up, you know, obviously it would have been so much fun to play for Strathaven, um, you know, and play in front of, you know, all my friends in high school. But, uh, you know, I kind of had to give that up to play Academy um, soccer. And like you said, I ran track. Uh, I remember running track with you my freshman year. Um, and that was awesome because I got to go run track after school and then I had to drive and then have soccer practice. So it was like a lot, <laughs> but it was also yeah. really cool. Like I really enjoyed doing it. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I wasn't able to play high school soccer because just the times overlapped and um, it would have been a little bit too much. Yeah, it seems like you had a, a super busy schedule from a, a really young age. I mean, how is it that you may have worked with not going and getting burnt out with things? Because, I mean, obviously playing one sport for such a long time, and especially at such a high level, you may go through those times of burnout. Like, how was it that you might have avoided, you know, those those feelings so you can stay motivated and stay at the top of your game? Yeah, for sure. That's a good question. Um, you know, burnout is like, uh, I've definitely experienced it before and it's, it's hard to manage, um, you know, like playing soccer every single day, you kind of have like one off day maybe, um, but you're spending that just recovering and then going into the next week. So, you know, it's been tough. And like, I look back on my entire life, um, and just constantly, constantly playing soccer with barely any breaks. It's kind of hard to like get that break. Um, mm -hmm. but for me, what was awesome. Um, you know, I was still at Strathaven, which was nice. I was, I was in high school and got to play for an MLS Academy, which is kind of rare. Um, so, you know, having my high school friends and having that as an outside source um, away from soccer was pretty amazing for me. Like that was kind of my release um, was hanging out with guys in high school, um, you know, just having fun, going crazy in sophomore in Wallingford, <laughs> <laughs> just running around like crazy kids all the time. Um, that was kind of my release to get away from, um, you know, the burnout or being surrounded constantly by soccer to the point where you're just like, man, I just need to breathe, you know? Yeah, I feel you. Similar thing. I mean, obviously not at such a high level, but for me with, with track and field, it was, it was something that I was really doing all the, all the time. So I had mm -hmm. to, had to find those times with, with friends. So it's just like, Hey, let me get away from this sport because while I do love it, it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta take a step back every once in a while. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I know that you, you had a pretty interesting, um, coming up after Academy and after high school, um, first starting off with, with Syracuse and then, you know, moving off to, to Akron, which we'll, we'll get into a little bit. Uh, what was that college recruitment process? How did that look like for you, uh, going from, you know, the, the Academy team off to, uh, to college soccer? Yeah. So, uh, my junior year of high school was when I committed to play for, um, Syracuse university. Um, that was huge for me. Like my goal growing up was always to play in the ACC, um, to play D1, to get a good scholarship. That was the dream for me um, mm -hmm. as a high schooler. So when I, you know, verbally committed, I got all that signed. I got it all taken care of. It was incredible. Like I was, I was really happy and really just excited for the future. Like I constantly was dream daydreaming about, you know, playing, putting on the jersey for Syracuse playing in the ACC against, you know, the best teams in the country. Um, and then seeing what the future held after that. 
So it was a really exciting time from high school. And then, um, you know, knowing where my future was um, at Syracuse and then, you know, being able to go there after. So it was all just excitement sort of building up um, to getting there. I know that, uh, yes, yeah, so you started off there with, with Syracuse and uh, then eventually uh, transferred over to, to Akron where you guys were, were really successful. What was the what was the reasoning behind you know that move with you guys going over to uh, to the other school? Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of a course that a lot of um, kids get into, um, unfortunately. I mean, for me, it worked out great. So I always look back and I'm grateful for that experience. But you know, it just simply was down to playtime. I got to Syracuse, had all these ambitions that I thought I was going to meet, um, and I wasn't meeting them. Um, for whatever reason it was, you know, I mm-hmm. just wasn't playing. Um, and not the amount that I wanted to, at least. And so, you know, it was kind of, it was for, I was there for two years. Um, I think I played a total of like eight or nine games. So really not that many. Um, when you think about a, you know, 20, 20 game season or whatever it is. Um, So I was pretty disappointed in that. Um, And it got to my sophomore year where I was almost just debating giving up soccer. You know, I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, if I can't make it here at Syracuse, then, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make it anywhere else. Like, I don't know if I can, you know, go through this again of, you know, transferring and then not playing. And ultimately it just came down to this decision where I was like, okay, if I'm going to transfer and I want to play professional soccer and I want to be the best that I can be, I'm not just going to go to some other random team, like a lower level um, college. I'm going to really challenge myself. And luckily, you know, Akron really believed in me. Um, The coaches there, they, they really liked me as a person and how I played and they thought that my playing style could fit into theirs. So they took a chance on me. Um, and I transferred with, you know, all that fear, like, what if I don't play? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just worked really hard, like the hardest I've ever worked, um, you know, to get a starting spot there, um, and then to be really successful there. So, you know, that was, uh, a tough, really tough time at Syracuse of not playing, but I would do it all over again to, you know, have the, the come up that I did at Akron. Yeah, I think that it's really important being able to have those stories that you can always go back to. It's like see where you came from and and where you are mm-hmm. today. Uh, I I know that you guys had a really great run in in 2018, especially in the NCAA tournament. Uh, what you guys were runner ups in uh, into the NCAA tournament uh, when you were coming in as a, as a real underdog um, originally. I mean, tell us about that that 2018 season, uh, how it kind of unfolded, and and eventually get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, so my senior year was um, like just such a roller coaster ride. It was mm-hmm. kind of a uh, combination of my entire college career into one final year. Um, and, you know, it didn't start off like amazing. I, I had some actually some trouble with the coaches and um, I was a captain that my senior year. Um, and I was a little bit just disappointed in the way that we were playing or whatnot, how I was playing um, myself, my own performances. And, um, you know, it took a lot that year for us to find our form. Um, but so we, we struggled throughout the year. We were, we were unranked and we almost didn't even make it into the NCAA tournament. Um, but we made it into the MAC tournament, which we, you know, we won and then Mm -hmm. got, um, 
into the national tournament. So it was a crazy run from that point on from the MAC tournament, then to make it all the way to the finals. We pretty much went away every single game. Um, we didn't, we got one home game, which was at the beginning um, of the tournament, but we weren't, we weren't even seated. So um, every single game from that point on was an away game and it was just an insane ride um, and just so much hard work. And our team, you know, it's playing at a really insane level um, for college soccer, you know, and then we make it to the finals um, and, you know, it was just the one night, you know, that one performance that, you know, we wish we didn't have that night, but we did. Um, and we ended up losing in the finals, but um, it was still just such an incredible journey to not even be ranked. You know, no one, no one would have put us in that spot to make it to the final. Um, and we did. So, you know, it was an incredible journey. Yeah, you guys definitely had some really stiff competition uh, going up against some of the top seeds in the country in that tournament. I mean, definitely yeah. don't want to undershut that with what Wake Forest and you went up against some uh, what Stanford. Stanford, yeah. Those are those are some of the some of the best come uh, some of the best teams in the country. I mean, mm-hmm. what was it that was clicking with you guys during this tournament where you were just like, we can beat some of these best teams in the country. Yeah, it was definitely all down to belief. Like every single one of us that were on the field um, in that team, even to the guys on our bench, knew exactly what we needed to do to win. And we were like just this locked in animal. Um, And we went to these really tough places to play away. Like I don't think Stanford had lost um, a home game in the NCAA tournament for like four years before that. Um, and Wake Forest was like an insane place to play away. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Syracuse. So these were just crazy places um, to go up against and be the underdog. And we just knew that being the underdog, we just had to work. And we worked our asses off. um, And, you know, it was really, it was really crazy and it was insane. But, you know, we we pulled out those wins and we just kept moving forward with that same mentality for the next game, you know, just to work really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, obviously you guys are, must've been doing a whole lot of work in the, on, on the field, in the weight room. I mean, what did, what did an average day look like for you, uh, as a student, uh, at Akron? Yeah, so we, we did definitely a lot, um, during the NCAA tournament, uh, we had to do a lot of management, you know, with our bodies, making sure we were covering right. So, mm-hmm. um, our head athletic trainer, he was amazing. Um, you know, and he he really just helped our bodies recover. We were taking a ton of different, you know, supplements. You know, we were doing like the fish oil and the turmeric, and then we were in uh, recovery boots. So, um, you know, the average day would look like waking up, having a training session, um, pretty light during the tournament because, you know, we'd know that we'd be on the road, um, mm-hmm. and then working on recovering after that. And then after that was tough, you know, it was just like going to – every single one of our teachers and being like, Hey, we're not going to be here for the next four days. We're, you know, traveling to California. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was kind of crazy too, but luckily at the university of uh, Akron, uh, we had such support from our teachers and, you know, just the whole entire staff there that they were super uh, supportive with our team. And also, you know, just in the classroom with helping us out, you know, making sure that, anything that we needed could be available to us online. Um, so, you know, that was awesome to have that support. Um, Cause I know some big schools wouldn't really support their student athletes with that, but 
we got that support, you know, and then we did the right things recovering. And so normal days were definitely crazy um, during that time. It's kind of just like a blur, <laughs> you know, going by mm -hmm. really, really fast. Um, oh, yeah. But it was also awesome at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be it's got to be super cool going from not even being sure if you'll be able to make it into the the tournament to yeah. you know being in being in the finals. I mean that that's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. I know that you being uh, you know pretty pretty standout college athlete. And then we'll we'll get into what you've been doing recently professionally. Uh, what would you say would be some tips for whether it be soccer players that are looking to go to to college or or just really any athlete that's looking to make it to a, a division one level? Like what are, what would you get, say are some tips to that they should be focusing on to to you know get better and reach their goal? I would just say never to stop uh, believing in yourself. You know, never lose that self confidence. Um, because there are going to be so many, you know, up and downs and trying times. And, you know, you're never going to be the coach's favorite um, at some point. And so you just need to figure out how to manage that in your own head. Um, so I would just say that, you know, the best thing you can do is to never lose that faith in yourself, to always remember what your worth is and then work really hard. Those two things, if you combine them, you're, you're going to succeed, you know. So you just put in that work and believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I know that you've gotten um, you've found some success so far with uh, professional professional soccer. What would you say like or what was your timeline after Akron? You know, you finish up the season, you're finishing up the academic year. What is it that you're doing to prepare for that next level and and what kind of trainings or just what was it that you were doing in that time? You know, it was kind of the same, honestly. Um like the same stuff that I've been doing my whole life. I wanted to go back to um, Akron um, right after we lost in the finals. I went back to Akron um, for the beginning of the spring to train with the team um, and play with the team to get my fitness up, to get some touches in. Um, and luckily the coaches were awesome letting me be able to do that um, mm -hmm. right before I was heading to my first pro team in Memphis. Um, so I had all of that lined up with Memphis. I had already signed my first contract with them. So I knew I was going and everything. Um, so that was super nice to have that and then be able to prepare for that. So really it was just, you know, the same things I've been doing my whole life, which were staying fit, um, you know, making sure I'm working on my technical ability, which is just, you know, playing and getting touches in. And then, um, you know, from there, I was just pretty much prepared. What would you say that first game was like uh, with Memphis? You know, finally you've reached your dream of your, your goal playing professionally. Now you're actually there. Uh, what was it like uh, stepping on the pitch for the first time there? Yeah, it was pretty surreal. Um, you know, my, my mom and my grandma were actually at the game, um, our first game, and that was that was pretty incredible. Um, so I got subbed in. Um, and made my made my debut and uh, my professional debut and it was an awesome experience you know just to play I think we had like 7,000 fans or 8,000 um, for our first game so it was a pretty big crowd um, a lot of excitement had been built up um, so it was awesome to put on my first jersey with my name on the back um, and do it in front of my family as well so it was I know it was pretty it was just pretty surreal you know you you kind of don't really think about it when you're in it but then afterwards, it all it all starts to hit. 
yeah, that's it's got to be pretty cool. Uh, you know, seeing fans cheering your name like that's got to be especially getting your name on your jersey. I know that's something that uh, yeah, you know, every everyone loves. Uh, yeah. Talking about the jersey, like any any reasoning behind numbers? Uh, uh, why why you might pick uh, the numbers you pick? I know you're number what number two now. Uh, yep. Any reason behind that? Um, so I was eight um, my whole life uh, from you know when I was a kid to uh, at Akron. So eight was always my favorite number. Um, my dad was eight in college. Um, and so it was always kind of like a legacy. You got to wear the number eight jersey. Um, and I didn't actually get it at Syracuse. So that might be another reason why it didn't work out there. Um, <laughs> but at Akron, I got the number eight jersey, which was awesome. Um, and then so that's always been my favorite number. When I when I came in as a professional, number eight jersey is really hard to get. Like you got to have a couple, you got to have a couple of years under your belt before you can get the number eight. Um, mm. so I got number two, which is actually a really great number as well. Um, and then just because I had it last year in Memphis, it was available for this team in San Diego. So I was like, you know, just I'll keep number two again. So nice. that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. Well, quickly going back on the, uh, on the Syracuse thing, I know that I forgot to say you actually got to, to beat, you beat Syracuse in the tournament in 2018. Uh, what, how, were there any of your, your former teammates still there? Uh, how was that being able to be then on the, uh, the opposite side of things uh, there? Yeah, that was a, that, that was a full circle moment for me in life um, to have not succeeded there with what I wanted at Syracuse um, and then to actually play them in the NCAA tournament. And then I scored in that game um, and we won. Um, so that was just like a That's full, great. yeah, it was like a full self, um, you know, um, prove moment where I was just like, you know, I've made this incredible journey to this point and then actually just did all this. It was, it was really crazy. Um, and probably one of the best, you know, days of my career so far in my life, um, having that moment to just prove myself, you know, to people that doubted me before. Um, I did have some friends on the team, so, you know, it's also tough because I'm like, these were some of my best friends, um, you know, for my first two years of college. Mm -hmm. Um, but then also you're, you know, you think about that sort of at the end, but when you're in the game, you know, all I wanted to do was win. I just, you know, I wanted it so bad. Um, Mm -hmm. and then that kind of, that was the first game, um, our first away game that kind of kickstarted the whole tournament run that we had, which was just, you know, a hard hardworking team in good form away from home yeah that that's got to be a, a pretty awesome feeling being able to score uh on yeah. the team that you started off with uh speaking on that like what were some of your your most memorable goals of your your career so far whether it be you know as a youth or professional or at the college level yeah i think uh at the college level is probably definitely my senior year um i scored the game winner against creighton which was pretty awesome um, and then scoring that goal against Syracuse was uh unbelievable feeling for me. Um, I don't really score very many goals. I'm, I'm a little bit more yeah. of just like a running around Your defenseman, in the right? Yeah. Yeah. Like a little bit of both. Yeah. Midfield and mm-hmm. um, defense. Um, so not really usually scoring goals. So when I did my senior year, I think I had like five or six. Um, each one of those was memorable because I'm just like, oh, I don't really score many goals. Um, <laughs> but the Syracuse one was probably the, the top for me so far. That's got to be an interesting transition because I'm sure when you're when you're younger and you're uh, playing with the youth or you're playing an academy team, like you're scoring a lot more often because you're one of the one of the top players. You're probably getting the ball a whole lot more. What was that transition going from 
you know, finding where the talent keeps stacking up. And so now it's like, hey, instead of being head and shoulders above everyone, like, dang, I'm playing against some really talented, some really talented players. Uh, like, what was that like kind of making the the transition possibly in your, your play a little bit? Yeah, I think um, I've never actually really been on that point where I'm like head and shoulders above someone or individuals on my team. I think even when I was a kid at academy level, um, and either even with like Nether United and uh, you know and Swarthmore Wallingford, I was always just amongst the guys and amongst the individuals and in the team. So I never really felt um, above anyone. Um, I've always played with such talented players and individuals that the thing that always brought me to their level or kept me sometimes above was just that I worked really hard, you know. Um, so especially now as a professional you know, I'm playing with really, really high level players. Um, and so even more so than when I was in academy or at college. Um, and now it's like where my hard work really has to show um, mm. because I'm, you know, these guys are playing at such a high level. Um, so you just have to like bring it every single day. That's kind of just how I, you know, maintain uh, the level that I'm at is just through hard work. Yeah, what would you say are some of those things that you're doing? Um, like those extra, whether it be those extra jills, like what are you trying to do to keep that that edge over, you know, some of the competition and, you know, really focusing on, you know, that hard work that you're talking about? Yeah, I'd say it starts with just never cutting reps. Um, always making sure that you're, you're, you can even like one up uh, all your teammates if you need to. Um, so for me personally, it's just doing more off the field. Um, you have to recover proper properly. You have to stay fit, especially in times like this. Um, so I'm always trying to keep my fitness high. Um, and then always just trying to be, you know, I, I say this a lot, but um, mentally, and this doesn't mean you actually have to be the first player on the field and the last one off, but you should mentally have that in your head. Like I'm going to be the first one on the field and I'm going to be the last one to leave, which just means like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do more than the average person will. Um, because if you keep that mentality and that level, then you'll realize that you never really fall below anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's that's huge for for athletes. Like I was, I was in a similar thing where it's like, hey, I was never really that much more athletic than other other people, or on a fairly similar level. But you know, that effort is what can what can really push you over the edge and really make you. Uh, at that next level of of being an athlete just like working hard like day in day out and really making sure that you're putting in the time to everything like it's definitely pretty huge Uh, yeah for sure what what's it like so what was it like going from from memphis like you're obviously you started off there with with your career then then now you're you're with san diego uh, a a new club with the with usl uh so how how else was the the rest of your time with memphis and then eventually you know now transitioning over to san diego yeah i would just say that like my first year was super um informational for me like i learned so much from my coaches and my teammates and sort of just how life is as a professional athlete and how long the season can be. Um, and so I just took everything that I had learned from last year and was excited to bring it into my second year. Um, so now I'm here in San Diego and, you know, obviously things are uh, kind of crazy right now in the world. So you guys got one game to- in, right? <laughs> we actually got two games in. Oh, we two. Got okay. Two games in, yeah. Um, but still, you know, it's still so early and it's tough mm-hmm. to, um, 
you know, like really see where your form is or whatnot and uh, how the year is going to play out when, you know, we're obviously not playing games. But um, yeah, so I would just say my first year was super informational and I learned a lot. Um, And then, you know, second year, I'm just trying to get better every day. What's it like being for a playing for a brand new organization i mean obviously you got a you got some big names that that started up the san diego loyal so that that's got to be uh or at least for the united states soccer uh point of view but uh Mm -hmm. what's it what's it look like you know right now where it's you're you're a brand new organization the there's not a whole lot of expectations because people don't really know the history since this is like your first year i mean uh Mm -hmm. what what's the chemistry like with building with a team who's never played with each other uh formally before yeah, well, um, last year was actually a first-year team as well. Oh, last um, year. So, yeah, last year. Yeah, um, and this year, actually. So I've been mm-hmm. on two first-year teams, um, mm-hmm. and it, they're both kind of feel the same with uh, what you said. Like, you know, there's not much expectation because you're a new team, but there's also a ton of excitement. Like, you know, the community here in San Diego and, and in Memphis really wanted um, a professional soccer team. So when they got it, it was then this, you know, two year wait of, you know, when are we going to play? Like, who are we going to sign? Who's going to play all this stuff? And so then when it all happens, it's it's crazy. You know, it's just like all of this build up until, you know, one moment, one game, 90 minutes. And both the times that I've been in um, two new stadiums, it's been incredible with the fans and the atmosphere. Um, So, yeah, so. You know, it's cool being part of a new team. There's definitely a lot of growing pains throughout the year, you know, um, a lot of stuff that even as like, you know, owners and um, coaches and definitely players need to figure out with new teams. It's also exciting because you're building your own culture, you know, like mm-hmm. we're the first uh, we're the first teams for, for this club. So it's pretty um, historical as well. It's cool to be a part of. Yeah, and I know that what the team that you're on now, the San Diego Loyal, you guys were were founded by Landon Donovan, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. How's that? Um, how's that? Where you you got a, a U.S. Ho- not U.S. Ho- U.S. soccer uh, great that kind of founded the the organization? Like, can you got you guys feel that a- at all? Um, that might have been different from from other teams. Like, what's that experience? Yeah, that's that's pretty in, like insane. Like just when he's watching um, and coaching, uh, like this was a legend that I've looked up to my whole entire life and career. Um, mm-hmm. So for him now to like be over my shoulder and watching training, it's it's pretty cool. Like everything that he says, you know, you take you know just so much more in. You know, the information that you're getting. Um, mm-hmm. so it's really awesome. Um, I love it. And I think, you know, he's going to make me uh, a lot better of a player and a person. So everything that, um, he kind of says information wise, I always take, um, you know, full on. Mm-hmm. He's, he's one of the, the guys that I was really, I, so I wasn't really into soccer very much, uh, when mm-hmm. I was younger, but he was one of the, like one of the names that you really know, yeah. especially on the U S end. Uh, yep. for, for men's soccer. Like he, he was pretty awesome. And, uh, w- when did he stop his playing career? It was fairly recently, right? Yeah, it was, I think two years ago, honestly, was his, uh, last team he was playing in Mexico. Um, so yeah, he just retired two years ago. Dang, that's and, uh, go, going yeah. right from, right from play and pretty much right into starting up. A, yeah, a team. yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> how think. it is for most, uh, soccer players right back into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, uh, Oh, 
oh geez, what's his name? Uh, LA Galaxy, uh, David Beckham, right? Didn't he? Yep. He got right into that right after, pretty much. Yeah, you know when he retired too. Now he's got his uh, team in uh, Miami with Inter oh, Miami. Miami and the MLS. Yeah, Inter Miami. Yep. Mm-hmm. So now he's an owner there. Um, yeah, so you see a lot of you know legends and guys of soccer that have always been around. You know, staying around and they came afterwards too. Talking about some of those legends, like who would you have as your your Mount Rushmore of soccer players, and then who are some of your your favorite guys or, or girls to watch growing up? Uh, I mean, for me, it was always Messi. Like, I think he's like just he's otherworldly um, with how he plays, and uh, you know he's he's like an alien because there's just no one that can get near him. Um, so he was always my favorite just to watch um, growing up. He, he honestly has just changed the game so much. Um, and then obviously his adversary, Cristiano Ronaldo, um, mm-hmm. is also just an incredible athlete. So watching them at the same time, I think we've like, I've definitely been so fortunate in my life to be able to watch them play. Um, and I'm sure I'll be telling like my grandkids about them <laughs> and how oh, yeah. good they were <laughs> at, at the sport and how they changed it. So those were both sort of my two favorite players to watch growing up and what would you say who who do you have as your your mount rushmore four best players of all time for soccer uh yeah. I would, like i would say that the best is Lionel messi um second best i would say christian ronaldo um and then i have to just throw like two other personal favorites i'd say ronaldinho um mm-hmm. and then oh man this one would just be a toss-up i don't i don't even really know uh like maybe diego maradona yeah. I love Ronaldinho. I remember my family we went to we went to Spain, I think it was uh-huh. or was yeah, Spain or Portugal because he played for uh-huh. He played yeah. for Barcelona so went, in Spain. Yeah, Bar- yeah, so yeah, I remember we went there and he was the very first jersey that we saw, like his uh his what oh, maroon yeah. and blue yep. uh yep. jersey. I'm like, "Yeah, we're getting that." And so been, a, cool. been a fan of him. Oh yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely Yeah, he's one of my favorites for sure. Oh yeah, I love him. So uh, right now, obviously going through through quarantine, things are have slowed down quite a bit. Uh, yeah. What is your training looking like uh, as an athlete? Like, how are you staying fit and staying prepared for when the season does come back? So you're still at the top of your game. Yeah, so we we just got back into um, small group training these past two weeks. Um, so right now it's kind of like maintaining fitness. We're still not sure if we're going to have a season yet or not. Um, mm-hmm. things are still up in the air, but right. So right now as a team, we're all just focusing on fitness, making sure that we're sharp so that if we get the green light, then we're ready to go. Um, before that though, we weren't, you know, we weren't doing anything for two months when we had to stay at home and the lockdown and everything. Um, so during that time I was just running, like, uh, I downloaded Strava, I got an Apple watch, um, and I just start recording my runs and making sure that I was, you know, keeping good pace and running pretty far um it brought me back to those track days at Strathaven for sure there we go bring it back <laughs> yeah yeah about timing my miles and then going for longer ones so um for me it was just for me staying fit personally it was just running um going for really long runs and uh timing them and you know just pushing myself there and uh in that sense and then being ready for when we get back to training which is now so are you guys getting different workouts from the coaching staff and like things that you should focus on? Or was it kind of like, Hey, if you can, if you can play, uh, 
or drill than do it on your own or was there much structure to that yeah uh i forgot to mention too we did zoom workouts so during that time when we weren't allowed to do anything um we also had two zoom zoom workouts a week so we'd all get on Mm -hmm. as a team um and then our athletic trainers would take us through um workouts like anything with body weight or yoga stretching whatever it was um we were doing that for the, for that time as well. Um, and then yes. And then they were sending us workouts, um, you know, like going for these types of runs and doing this and that, um, making sure guys were like sending in their times and whatnot. Um, but with a ball mostly, no, we weren't really given like, of course you just expect, you know, we're professional soccer players. You should be getting some touches. Yeah. No. Um, but that was pretty much it. It was, you know, at this uncertain time, it's good to not um, burn yourself out. So mm-hmm. it was kind of more of just a maintenance thing, you know, to maintain your fitness at this at this point. Gotcha, for sure. Um, like, I know that uh, you you guys, obviously, you're starting off this, this season, uh, first year, um, uh, for seeing that the the season does come back and that you, you guys are playing this year, what, what were some, some expectations or goals that you had for, for this first, uh, or I guess your second year, uh, but first year with the team? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you always set these goals for yourself to, to play, um, to try and become a starter is the ultimate goal. Um, we have such an insanely talented team here. Like we're going to be a really good team. Um, so for me personally, that's, that's always the goal is just to try and get on the field um, and then to try and help my team out as much as I can, um, whatever it be. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, it's tough cause it's so competitive as well. So, you know, you're going to go through some tough times um, for sure. It's a very long season. Um, and so you just need to be ready for your opportunity and then you need to take a full advantage of it. Um, for me, you know, personally, it's always, staying ready, like with the things that I've said, which is, you know, working hard and staying fit. Um, and then, you know, keeping that, uh, confidence in myself. So whenever mm-hmm. I would get that opportunity, I'll just be ready to take it. Um, and yeah, that's kind of just, that's kind of my goals, um, for myself. And then as a team, you know, we're, I think everyone on this team here has goals to win the league. Um, because we, we see how talented of a group we have, like the coaching staff that we have, um, the training facilities that we have, we, we've got all everything to make us uh, a top team. So that's the team goal for sure is to, is to win a USL championship. What would you say were some things that you didn't really prepare for, you didn't know were going to happen just being a professional athlete? Uh, like you, that would just made a, maybe have caught you by surprise uh, before you, you even started off. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely... Um, the length of the season. Uh, every single guy um, coming into Memphis told me, like, you know, you think this is going to be uh, a long season? Just wait. Like, it is long. And I was like, oh, no, it can't be that long. You know, I've been playing soccer forever. It's, it's whatever. It's going to be normal. Mm-hmm. It was long. Like, it's just a very long season. So much can happen and change that it's uh, it's so up and down. You know, it's um, – it was, it was really long. So I, I always took that for granted. And that was the one thing that caught me by surprise was uh, how long it felt. And then, you know, how to mentally be prepared for that uh, in the long run. Um, so I was thankful I had those teammates that, that told me that, but I should have listened to them a little bit more. 
I feel you, man. Like, what what, yeah. what was the jumps for uh, what you did in in college to uh, the professional level? About how many more games was it for you guys? Uh, I mean, it, it's like I think it's almost the same amount of games, but uh, I mean, in college, it's obviously less. Um, yeah. But it's just in such a short amount of time. Uh, you okay. know, the college season is like three months. Like it goes by so fast, and then mm. the professional season is like nine months. So that, you know, to expand yeah. that, you know, it's so much longer. Um, a lot more practices and, and, and everything lot, like that. that yeah, you yeah, you, yeah, exactly. You just, exactly. Yeah, you're just, you're doing so much more for an extended period of time. Um, it can get daunting, like towards the end of the year, going to training. Um, but like I said, you know, now I now I know. So now I got to be uh, more, more tuned up to that, more ready yeah. for that. <laughs> what would you... Like what? What would you say are some things that you've really improved on um, recently? You know, going into the professional level, uh, and then maybe some some skills that you're you're looking to to fine tune during this season. Yeah, um, for me personally, I I think that you know I've got a lot stronger. Um, you know, trying to be better on the ball, um, be be more strong against opponents. Um, that's something you definitely have to work on in the uh, as a professional because you're going up against guys that you know can be eight or ten years older than you um mm-hmm. and in college you know the the most it'd be is like four or five years um so definitely the physical level is a lot higher uh you can go up against some like you know really athletic players and you have to be prepared for that um so that's one thing i definitely have had to work on and definitely need to get better at um, but then I'd just say, you know, that consistency with length is something I need to um, really, really work on if I want to continue being a professional athlete, which just means that, you know, not taking off uh, an extended period of time, always being consistent, um, you know, every single training session, getting better, you know, challenging your teammates and then not letting that level drop. That's something mm-hmm. that I think everyone needs to work on. You can be the best player on the team and lose that and then it can be gone, you know. So, um, yeah. for, for me personally, that's something that I definitely want to get better at to, you know, have a long career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, that, that's really, really important being able to, you know, really f- fine tune, uh, all your skills, uh, your, your motor, just so you can have a, that long career and not just be a, a yeah. flash in the pan. Uh, yeah. I know last, last year you, you had that, uh, you had the ability or to play against your, your dad, who's with, uh, Louisville city. Uh, mm-hmm. what was that like being on the opposite side, um, you know, going up against him? Yeah, that was a cool experience too. Um, in, in my career, um, to play against him, you know, he's always been my mentor and, uh, you know, my life coach pretty much growing up. So to have him like going up against me on the other team was, was a cool experience. You know, I don't really think about it much when I'm actually on the field in the game playing, I'm thinking about my own team's tactics and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. but definitely afterwards, it's, it's pretty surreal to like go up to him and, you know, give him a hug after, uh, after a game. Um, so that was really cool. Um, a cool experience. You know, um, we were always like talking smack to each other before and after games <laughs> too. So, um, yeah, it was kind of just, you know, something that's, you know, been throughout my whole life and then to kind of play at the same level that he's coaching at. Cause I've always viewed him at such a, you know, high level. Um, that was, that was really cool for, for me. And it, I'm sure it was pretty awesome for him as well to watch his son play. 
Yeah. What was that moment like for, for your family when you do sign your first professional contract? Uh, that's gotta be pretty cool experience for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really exciting. Um, times I remember I was home in Florida actually. Um, and you know, we had most of my family, family around during this time, uh, over the Christmas break. And so, um, when I, you know, signed my first contract, uh, with Memphis, that was really cool to know where I was going. And then, you know, to be like, wow, yeah, that was, that was my first professional contract. <laughs> um, you know, it wasn't all like the cameras and flashes and things you'd think it'd be like, it was just mm-hmm. surrounded by my family and, um, cool, uh, cool, you know, realization that, you know, something I've wanted to do my whole life, uh, I'm going to be doing. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, so we, we talked about this year, obviously your, your, your team hopes to, you know, take, take home league titles and, you know, you'd like to be able to have a, a successful year looking long-term, uh, do you have any goals of where, where you see yourself going in the future, um, for, for soccer or maybe not, not team wise, obviously this is where you're, mm-hmm. you're here today, but just, uh, any your long-term goals, uh, of what you wanted to accomplish, um, with your soccer career. Yeah, kind of just, you know, what I said earlier, I just want to have a long career. I think this is like the best job you can have being a professional athlete mm-hmm. um, and getting to play the game that I love uh, so much. I kind of want that to go on as, as long as I can. So to have a long career is a goal for me, um, then to have a successful one as well. Um, you know, I've, I've wanted to have so much success as a college athlete. I got to three final fours and you know won two mac tournaments and an acc tournament so my goal would be as a as a player to win a usl championship at some point that's the mm-hmm. ultimate goal for me um you know and then just like i said to have a long career and uh be be a staple on a team and you know just uh keep that going for as long as i can mm-hmm one thing that I found really cool when, when we were growing up, and I still to this day don't know how our area had it, but we had some really some really great soccer talent, it seemed like, uh, yeah. especially for a really small area, whether it be mm-hmm. Cam or, or Will. That, that entire family, I think, was just, are just monsters, obviously. Uh, yeah. What was it like growing up in, in our area that had you know, pretty high amounts of soccer talent for being such a small uh, town? I mean, it was all, it was so awesome. I think it's underrated how good my nether Providence, like U13 team was. Uh, how many of those back, people are professionals at this point? Like, I mean, or, it, or looking it, at it, it's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, Austin trusty who was on that team uh, is now a professional soccer player. He played for the Philadelphia union for the past two years mm-hmm. as a homegrown. Now he's at Colorado Rapids. Um, you know, like his come up was incredible. And then we had two, uh, Bradley twins that play at Villanova now, um, Robert Campbell and obviously Will Campbell Mm -hmm. who just played at Penn state. Um, we had some really good players and then, yeah, Cameron Charty was on that team as well. Um, and he had a good college career. So we had so much talent and that was awesome growing up because, uh, we could hit up that entire group of guys be like hey we're gonna like we'd, we'd always say like turf field at this time um, <laughs> and then we we you know we'd go to the swarthmore turf and we just yeah. play pickup and that was that was amazing to have um when i was younger and you know we'd had we'd have like the older guys come too um that were had a lot of good soccer players so the talent in that area yeah was definitely like under appreciated but was actually really high um mm-hmm. and i'd say like i'd contribute a lot of where i am today because of 
you know, the group of players that were there um, in just Wallingford sophomore, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it seemed like there was just uh, a plethora of talent and like there's just always some really great athletes uh, still, mm-hmm. I think, to this day. I don't follow it, obviously, as close, but it seems like they're, they're doing really well now. Uh, what would you say uh, was kind of like your motivation for for getting better, like growing up? Like what what made what pushed you to be the best that you could be? Yeah, I like looking back at those just like turf field days playing pickup. I always just wanted to be the best player on the field. Um, so like, I remember me and Will Campbell were like super competitive with each other. Um, like I always wanted, wanted to beat his team when we played pickup and I always hated when we were on the same team. Um, and he'd definitely say the same. So like just having that friends to compete with growing up was something that always pushed me to get better. Um, and then I realized that I've been doing that like my whole life. Then when I got to like, um, you know, the Philadelphia Union Academy, I was doing that with other guys. And then um, at Akron, I was doing that with other, you know, it was just always pushing myself to be to be better than the next guy. Um, so I think growing up, that was always um, something that I contribute my success to now is just that desire, you know, that want um, to, to be the best to be really good um, in, in your certain areas, you know. Mm hmm. For sure. Uh, so want to hit, want to get you with some, some quick hitters, quick hitters here, uh, kind of going off the beaten path. What would, what would you say is your favorite soccer, uh, movie or, or TV show or, or something like that? Ooh, uh, I would have to say the, the Leeds United documentary it's on Amazon prime is, is pretty unreal. Um, and then they did, they did man city documentary um as well which was incredible so i think the documentaries are pretty undefeated um in Mm -hmm. the soccer world because you get to go behind the scenes to the top clubs in the world and see like everything from what the players are eating to uh what the ceos you know the billionaires of the teams are doing in their free time like making calls um so Mm -hmm. those those documentaries are always super cool uh i'd have to say it'd be the leeds uh united documentary on amazon prime Mm -hmm actually going into that a little bit like what one you know one thing i should have asked earlier like what would you say is like what's travel like for you guys what what is like whether it's going over you know across the country or teams that are kind of in the area um what that what does that process look for you right now yeah well you know college was crazy because yeah you're flying um but you only fly a couple times you're mostly driving like nine to eight hours um Mm -hmm. on normal weekends um that was always, you know, daunting and crazy. Um, and now it's, you're probably not going to drive anything over five hours on a bus just because, mm-hmm. you know, we're professionals. You've got to realize that five hours on a bus is a lot more on your body than, you know, a two hour flight or a one hour flight, whatever it is. Um, yeah. so we take a lot more flights, um, as a professional athlete, but you know, my whole life, even in academy, it was doing massive bus trips, like 12 hours or 10 hours, you know, um, mm-hmm. sitting on a bus. And that was always so crazy. Um, but like a normal week would just look like training, uh, from Monday to Thursday, flying out on Friday, staying overnight in a hotel, playing the game on Saturday night, uh, staying there Saturday night and then flying back on um, a Sunday. What would you say have been your your favorite arenas to play in? Uh, and then what would you say has been the the toughest uh, uh, places to play? Um, 
playing at UC Santa Barbara um, at Akron was pretty amazing. Um, to play in front of like a, a Final Four atmosphere was awesome. Um, and then playing actually in Memphis was was an amazing stadium. Um, man, looking back, I really loved playing um, against North Carolina uh, FC because they, mm-hmm. they've got a really nice grass pitch and a really clean stadium that like even the uh, u.s women's national team would play in um mm-hmm. and then i also played in the philadelphia union stadium actually uh my final four when we played stanford my junior year so that was that's cool really cool oh, yeah, i remember um some some friends came out to watch me play in that game and that was that was a really cool experience we didn't win that game so it was tough to you know look back on but mm-hmm. it was a definitely cool experience for me um, and then probably one of the hardest places to play would be the Louisville Stadium, actually. Um, my dad's team, just because uh, their field is really, was really, really bad. Um, <laughs> like half of a baseball turf field and then the other half is grass. And oh, it's, man. Just, it's an absolute mess. But the fans are amazing there and they're, uh, they really cheer on their team. So it's also like a tough place to play because of that. Yeah. Um, but they just built a brand new stadium. So uh, they're excited to get into that and not be on a baseball field anymore. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That, that'll that make things a lot better. I'm sure. I'm sure the players yeah. will like not having to play half their yeah. game on a baseball field. Uh, <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So then uh, another one, uh, grass or turf? Yeah, grass for sure. I've it was always turf on um, the East Coast, but now that I'm on the West Coast, it's all grass, and yeah, I love that. Awesome. Yeah, that's got to make it a lot easier. And then, uh, where so where could people find you? They want to follow what you're doing on social media, or you know, uh, follow the team when you guys are are starting to come back. Yeah. So uh, if they all want to follow the team, it's just uh, SD Loyal on Instagram. Um, or just you know look up San Diego Loyal, uh, and then for me I'm Hackworth Morgan on Twitter and Morgan underscore Hackworth on Instagram. Awesome. Well, uh, Morgan, thanks so much for for joining me on the podcast today. It, it's great catching up with you, uh, reminiscing a little bit on the high school days, hearing what you guys yeah. are doing now, and then. Uh, yeah, for you guys, for your listeners, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, make sure that you uh, like, rate, and uh, follow this, follow the podcast. Uh, until next Thursday, have a good one. Peace. Mm-hmm.